Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bow and Pastor Nathan Olson discuss Article 13 of the Augsburg Confession. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And, and Dr. Nathan Olson. There yes. we go. If you didn't say doctor, we were going to come over and put yeah. you in a chokehold to make sure you said that. You were a bit hazing. There we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching here at the AFLC schools, loving it, and uh, looking forward to students being on campus and, and joining them again in, cl- in classes. We've got, in the Bible College this fall, Luke and Acts. And in the seminary, Christian ethics and doctrine of the word. So I'm nice. looking forward to it. It's been just a great place to be teaching and coming alongside exposition of God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for longtime listeners of the show, if you think you recognize Nathan's voice, it's because he's been on before, but really it's because we've been on your right. show before. You've had us in studio down at KKMS in Egan, where your congregation in Egan uh, has, uh, you know, puts your sermons on the air for that radio station. Yeah, we try to bring in the best. Yeah. Bring in the best people. And then you settled for us instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a couple times, Brett and I yeah. and Brian occasionally have been interviewed by Nathan yeah. on the radio, and we've uh, KKMS has given us those files, and we've kind of put them up as supplemental episodes. So you're not entirely mm-hmm. new to the show. Yeah, it's good to be with you guys, though. And all of us are serving as as Metro pastors here in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities. Um, and when my family gets a chance to take vacation, usually we, we've gone <laughs> to listen to Brett preach or we've gone to listen to Jason preach. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, you know, you guys get to hear uh, Brett and Jason on the podcast. But both of these guys are just home run pastors, just have brilliant shepherd's hearts and just a blessing to be able to do ministry with them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's wrap Thank it up you. there. Thanks. Yeah. We, this yeah, is a promo spot we were recording uh, first, so very good testimonial. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah. No, well, I guess we could just jump right in yeah. instead of trying to do now the whole he's... Midwestern aw shucks thing. Yeah, uh, let's talk about ministry. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. Sacraments yes. today. Yeah. So we, we are in uh, Augsburg Confession. Uh, we're marching through all the articles. And so maybe Jesus will come back before we finish all all of them. But um, we're on uh, Article 13 today, Mm -hmm. and it's the use of the sacraments. And I I think I'll go ahead and read that for us. Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. We can launch in to our discussion uh, from here. So uh, here's this from the Augsburg Confession, uh, number 13, Article 13, the use of the sacraments. It is taught among us that the sacraments were instituted not only to be signs by which People might be identified outwardly as Christians, but that they are signs and testimonies of God's will toward us for the purpose of awakening and strengthening our faith. For this reason, they require faith, and they are rightly used when they are received in faith and for the purpose of strengthening faith. And that's the end of Article 13. Pretty brief and to Mm -hmm. the point, isn't it? Yeah, that's good. Short and sweet. Short and sweet, easy to confess. We like that. Yeah, so um, uh, where do we go from here? Where do, would you like to start? Well, I mean, anytime the church gets to talk about the sacraments is a good time. Uh, this this kind of allows us to reestablish the broad scope of what the sacraments are, which is exactly what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of gives us a pattern for what the sacraments are and what the sacraments aren't. 
the, the primary purpose and use of the sacraments as, as signs and testimonies of God's will toward us. Now, when the Lutheran Church uses signs in relationship with the sacraments, we got to clarify that because that, you know, uh, the Baptists have kind of co-opted sign as something that is, uh, I would say, artificial or, or manufactured. Uh, when we as Lutherans use the term signs in, referred, in reference to the sacraments, it's something that is visible. You know, it's a, a sign is kind of like a landmark mm-hmm. that tells us where we're going and what we're doing. Yeah, like a sign along the road. Yep, a sign along the road or, you know, like I said, like uh, you know, turn left at the Johnson Place, go three miles, turn right at the dilapidated silo. And, you know, for those of you who've ever lived in rural America, that's how you get from here yeah. to there. And, and uh, the sacraments kind of work as those signposts Hmm. on on the road to realized salvation, right? That uh, it's the repetitive use and application of the sacraments are part of the means, the means of grace that God uses to sustain our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've talked about the sacraments in the past as we've walked through, and um, you could probably go back to our episode catalog and, and 16 find 16 episodes on baptism yeah. in the catechism, right. 12 on communion or something like that. Yep, and, and I think that that's... And that's good. In those episodes, we're kind of zooming in on those specifics. And, and this episode is a little more of a zooming out and looking at the bigger picture of, you know, what the sacraments are. And so, you know, Nathan, you know, as you, as you think about this, um, and I'm trying to remember, you, you did your, your doctoral thesis paper on baptism, right? Yeah, you know, some people are smart enough not to have to do that, and other, <laughs> others of us need help. Have a literal expert on baptism with us on the air today. Yeah, well, Somebody who's at least done some reading. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, when you look across the general Christian culture, um, everyone has a sign that they're pointing to. Right. And, and for us in the Lutheran Church, we're pointing to the, the sacraments instituted by God. But for those outside, you know, there's there's still something visible or tangible that they're pointing to. Mm-hmm. It's often just their own invention. So, you know, some people are pointing, like we talked about earlier, Jason, to some decision that they're making or to some kind of, uh, you know, commitment that they write down on a piece of paper that they tuck in their Bible. On this day, I, you know, really meant it when I prayed to receive Christ. And there, there are still are, you know, maybe signs that are being pointed to, but are, are different. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. And, you know, what we want to do when we talk about the sacraments from a big picture is to look at the entire nature of the sacraments. And, hmm. you know, when you're digging into baptism or when you're digging into the Lord's Supper, it's really easy to get tunnel vision and you focus so much on certain elements. We talk, when Lutherans talk about baptism, we can get zeroed in on infant baptism. Hmm. And growing up in the Lutheran church, uh, in the AFLC, uh, I got through college and I could defend infant baptism to the nines and not even really define what baptism is or the benefit of baptism in general, hmm. right? Uh, the same thing happens in communion, that we can pick various tunnels hmm. to, to specify ourselves within communion, whether it's uh, the wine versus grape juice uh, option or closed communion in some Lutheran circles or, or even, you know, the fight that is means is, is means is exactly is means is and 
we're not able to talk about the benefits of communion as a sacrament. And that's really where this article stands. It's kind of like we, we, we've kind of been flying in among the trees mm-hmm. and now we're going up for that bird's eye view. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, good. the sacraments just as sacraments have value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so talking about that value, you have to think about what's the the main purpose or the main uh, really use or function of of the sacraments. And so uh, what is that, uh, you guys, as we start to think about this? So first uh, is that the sacraments actually deliver God's gifts. Mm -hmm. And then second is that they awaken and confirm our faith. And then third is they sustain our faith. Hmm. And, and that's the, the primary function of the sacraments is as God's, you know, will for his children. That's what it looks like. Uh, we've made much mm-hmm. in, in the past several episodes about the distinction, distinction between accomplishing salvation and delivering salvation. Yes. Uh, that's what the means of grace are, that God's word... And then God's word applied in baptism and God's word applied in the Lord's Supper are delivering God's gift, that there's an actual tangible delivering application of God's gifts in the gospel. And so uh, in baptism, you are actually saved. You will actually become a child of God. That's not where your salvation was accomplished. That happened on the cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's where your salvation was delivered. Right. In communion, you are actually forgiven. You receive the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Now, Christ won your forgiveness on the cross and with the empty tomb, mm-hmm. but that forgiveness on a regular basis is delivered in, with, and under the bread and wine of communion as God's word is attached to Christ's body and blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know sometimes when I've taught this to my confirmation students, we'll talk about you know, you have the the FedEx factory or the you know the factory where uh, the packages are being assembled, but then you have the truck driver that's actually delivering the package to your doorstep, and uh, that I think that's a helpful way to think about it uh, of terms in terms of uh, God's grace being uh, given to us. God's grace being given to us, and God's grace is not immediate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of the the what we're tackling here. Uh, there's a distinction, especially in the Protestant Church. Uh, that God's grace is immediate. It just happens to us because of God's sovereignty. And and the teaching of Scripture, the teaching of the historic church, the teaching of the Lutheran church, is that God's grace is mediated to us in word and sacrament. And and the argument is really quite easy. When you talk about uh, American Christians, generic American Christians, uh, my, my particular whipping uh, boy on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're always clamoring to get back to the cross, you know, the, the praise music, whatever the case might be, we're always clamoring to get back to the cross. Well, the problem with getting back to the cross, we can recognize there's some symbolic value to that, or there, there's some remembrance value to that. But the problem is we know people who are actually at the cross that weren't saved, you know, it's quite possible, historically speaking, to have had the actual blood of Christ splattered on you, mm-hmm. as crude and crass as that might sound, and you walk away unsaved. Mm-hmm. So we have to also be careful with that imagery, because mm-hmm. even though Christ accomplished our salvation on a cross outside of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, that 
observing the event, being present at the event, does nothing for your faith without the proclamation of God's word. It is God's word announcing what Christ has accomplished in history that delivers his grace. God just doesn't download it into our minds. He doesn't download it into our spirits. And if that were the case, we wouldn't need the church at all. We wouldn't even need, well, that would be the... That would be the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think we have a, a need or a craving for something physical or something mm-hmm. to really grab hold of like that. And Nathan, you kind of hinted at that a little more uh, earlier in this episode, but would you talk a little bit about that desire in us to have something physical, even though it might not be the sacraments, but what are some illustrations of that that you've seen in your ministry and life? Yeah, you know, everybody um, has like a stake in the ground, so to speak, that they go back to when their emotions are up and down and all around to be able to go back to something and, and say, well, this, this, at this point, I, I look to for God's intervention. And to a, a charitable degree, you know, we see that in the Bible. You know, we see uh, an Ebenezer stone that's put up in the Old Testament to, to remind the people thus far God's helped us. Now, we're, we are just incarnational people. You know, we, we operate with tangible things. And, and those tangible things help remind us, I think, of God's promise and his grace. Um, the problem becomes sometimes when we artificially create extra things and then appropriate God's grace to them on our own terms. And there, and there's a, there's a difference between, you know, some of the old Testament examples of people remembering, um, this is how far God has helped us. And then us applying, uh, certain things as means of grace. Mm-hmm. And so if we're attributing that to a, a decision or a little cross token, we took home from a Bible camp or whatever, <laughs> that this is somehow symbolic of God's grace to me. You just have to be really careful where you're bl- blurring the lines there. Yeah. Um, and, and what we're attributing to those things. But when we come to the sacraments of, of baptism and the Lord's Supper, these are what God has communicated to us mm-hmm. as far as his grace being given, his promise uh, in a tangible way that we can look back to you mm-hmm. say, at my baptism, I know what God that God's declaration was. Mm-hmm. You know, at the Lord's Supper, I am receiving God's declaration toward me, his promise of my forgiveness. So, yeah, a little bit different nuance there for us. Yeah, good. And we would realize that as Christians, if we internalize every aspect of our faith, that what we're doing is we're actually robbing ourselves of assurance of salvation because we're defining everything in the Christian faith and in the Christian life by our experience Mm -hmm. and by our interpretation of that experience. Mm -hmm. And and that's where the problem lies. And Mm -hmm. I've actually had, you know, mostly friendly debates with people where, you know, I've insisted even on the podcast here that assurance of salvation is impossible apart from word and sacrament. It, it's not possible. And, and I've, I've had, uh, you know, Baptists and, and, you know, friends from that end of the spectrum come up to me and say, well, you know, I'm assured of my salvation. And, and I'll say, that's great. Uh, but what about when you hit a crisis? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really easy to stand confidently. And one of the things that I've been kind of pursuing recently uh, in my own teaching as a pastor um, especially as I've gone through the Old Testament lessons, what were what are we on series C this year? I can't remember if we're on B or C. I always get screwed up, but I'm going through the Old Testament lessons this year. And, and the repeated theme that's coming up is how do we respond when we're in the valley? Yeah, you know. And, and, and one of the things, the, the insights that I've had is no matter where you're at in life, our sinful nature appropriates 
that into that's the only way it's going to ever be. Hmm. We can't ever see beyond our circumstances. So if you're going through sorrow and suffering, if you're down in the valley, you can't see anything but being down in the valley. The flip side of that, and we know this is true, if you're on a spiritual mountaintop experience, you think that's going to go on in perpetuity. You know, how many of us have gone to Bible camp, uh, heard a series of very powerful, very emotional messages, because that's what Bible camp sermons are supposed to be. They're supposed to hook you, right? And and you've purposed on the last day of Bible camp, I've rededicated my life to Jesus. I'm going to go home. I'm going to evangelize the entire world by Tuesday, and we'll be living in utopia until Jesus comes back. And then you hit Tuesday, and it hasn't happened, and you come crashing. But our sinful nature feeds off the pride hmm. that we've figured Christianity out. And we, we can't see it any other way than everything's going to be perfect, or we can't see it any other way than God has abandoned me and I'm left to wallow in ministry. Mm-hmm. That's where the sacraments come in. Right. That, that's yeah. the value of having something outside of yourself, extra nos, to to give you those landmarks so that, you know, with communion, if you're on a spiritual high, you're like, well, communion? Oh, no, I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. Or, or with the, the pronouncing that you are baptized, it's mm-hmm. remembering, even though I don't feel like I'm God's child, I am God's child, and I know exactly when it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's that's why what makes the sacraments, um, thinking of the purpose of, of actually uh, working to just to really f- create faith in us and work work that faith in us. Mm-hmm. And maybe let's talk a little bit about that. Of I guess that was maybe one of my questions I had for you guys today was, and maybe we'll get into this next time, about ex opere operato yep. uh, versus, um, you know, something else. But uh, the sacraments actually, in delivering God's grace, there's a, 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 f- a working of faith in, through the sacraments. And I guess my question maybe we can think about it even between this and next episode is, um, you know, what's the difference between uh, them being ex opere operato versus they're actually doing something, actually working in us, uh, changing us in a sense. So yeah. uh, what's the I think, tension there? I think there? part of it is that we look at the sacraments as not just a static statement, but it's a promise. Uh, the, the gospel that goes out is a promise. Mm-hmm. The the sacraments, um, Saint Augustine talks about in his tractates on John, is they're a visible word. You know, it's it's a promise in a visible form. And the thing about a promise is that a promise demands a response. It, Brett, for you, for your kids, if you mm-hmm. if you promise your kids, I'm going to be home at six o'clock. You can't be neutral to that. You're either going to re- receive that, have faith and trust in that promise, or reject. And you're like, Dad's never home at 6 o'clock. Um, but there, it demands a reaction. And the, the reason why we would look at the ex opera operato and say, well, that, that's just really a, a hard way to look at the sacraments, is that in the very nature, the sacraments are coming as a promise, which necessitate a reaction, or they elicit a response from them. 
And we, you, you said they're not a static thing. And I think that's a great image because they're really a dynamic thing. And it all comes down to, and I think this is a major weakness in the Lutheran apologetics mm. of the sacraments, is that we fail to talk about that the sacraments are effective mm-hmm. because of their connection to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. We, and that's the difference. So yeah. you brought up ex opere operato. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. And we've talked about this multiple times. Yeah, so ex yeah. opere operato is a Latin phrase that means from the outward act. Mm-hmm. And so the, the difference between a sacrament being a magic incantation, which is mm-hmm. someone like Mark Driscoll has accused baptism of being, sure. and something that is dynamic and creates and works faith in an infant mm-hmm. or whoever is baptized, is it's the nature of the word of God. Yeah. Right? We, we should expect that if God is working through his word, mm-hmm. he would be creating faith. That's Isaiah 55, 10 yeah. and 11, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's the nature of the word of God. And so mm-hmm. if God has attached his word to a promise mm-hmm. and an outward element, it's going to work in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And then the pushback against that is, why do you need the outward element? The easy answer is, well, Ask God. He's yeah, the one he's who the one that said it he's up. the one who said it. Yeah. And, and we're going to round back to that in a couple episodes anyway. But the other thing is because it's for our faith. You know, mm-hmm. the, just like you said, a promise yep. demands a response. Mm-hmm. Faith needs an object. We need something to cling to. And and I think mm-hmm. that's kind of where the battle has been lost in American Christianity. Is faith has become a substance. Mm-hmm. Faith. You know, you can have faith for the sake of faith. If I had a dollar. You gotta have faith. (laughs) Thanks, George Michael. (laughs) Uh, Me with the novations last time around, and you're just dropping George Michael references. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you know, if I had a dollar for every single time someone says, "Well, I just you gotta have faith. I gotta. I have faith. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't be driving a vehicle made in 2004 right now. I would be doing pretty." No, there's no faith when it comes to Vikings fan. <laughs> We're talking about Vikings fan having faith. It's called the preseason. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's, you know, you have faith in faith rather than faith in what God is doing, what God has promised. So mm-hmm. again, you know, I, can't, I don't know how many times I've, I've run through this. Uh, for those of you who have woken up someday and you don't know that you're a Christian, you question whether you've been counted a Christian, you don't feel like a Christian, God's gospel promise to you is that you were made a Christian on the day of your baptism. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with who you are. It has everything to do with the working of the Holy Spirit through the word of God mm-hmm. and the objective promises God has delivered you. Hmm. The same thing with anyone who's ever, you know, confessed their sins in a prayer, even in their head, as you confess your sins, uh, you're prone to doubt, well, was I sincere? Was I just trying to escape punishment? I'm still thinking about this sin. Why, you know, how do I know if it's forgiven if it just keeps coming back up over and over and over again in my mind? Hmm. Well, what if I could show you an objective point in history where I could tell you definitively that your sins were forgiven? Well, the last time you received Holy Communion, your sins were forgiven objectively by the word of God. That The purpose of that is that you would cling to it in faith yeah. so that you would yeah. be comforted in doubt. And that's the the third purpose you have here is, is the, the faith would be increased and faith yep. would be strengthened. Yep, faith increased and strengthened and sustained, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose of the sacraments is that we walk away comforted. You know, when, when Lutherans... Mm-hmm. Uh, chant online, remember your baptism. Partly it's to be obnoxious and to, to <laughs> troll the Baptists, but partly it's because you should remember your Baptist, yeah. baptism. And I mean, I, I've explained on here and I explained to my congregation, every time I cross myself, yeah. I have trained myself in my head to say, I am baptized. Right. And, and I've said to some people in my church too, we say, 
I am baptized instead yep. of saying I was baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, of we're standing in that reality. Yeah, for, for English nerds out there, your baptism is perfect tense. Mm-hmm. It is past reality with present and ongoing results. That's what your baptism is. Yeah, well, so we should probably wrap up this episode. Maybe that's a good place to stop at this time. Um, thanks, Nathan. We look forward to having you on the next episode as well. And uh, as we think about the sacraments and think about baptism, um, I love Romans 6.4 and talking about baptism. It says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. For the latest on the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.